Hello, everybody. This is a Penn State football podcast brought to you by ForTheGloryOfOldState.com. I'm Craig Rosala, co-editor of For the Glory of Old State. I'm here with my partner, Brandon Musso. How are you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. Today we're going to be looking at the National Early Signing Day period. Today was the first day of the early signing period, and Penn State signed 18 prospects. And overall, it's a very impressive class. So far, it is nationally ranked 10th overall, and it is ranked 2nd in the Big Ten as of 3 o'clock on December 19, 2018. Obviously, the final signing day is in February, but so far this has been a big haul of prospects that are signed to Penn State, and maybe over the next few months we'll get one or two more. But we'll get started. We're gonna, how we're going to run through it is we're going to go through the offense, starting with the quarterbacks, all the way through uh, the secondary guys in the defense. So I'll hand it off to my partner, Brandon, and he's going to talk about some of the quarterback prospects that James Franklin brought in this year. Yeah, so they signed two quarterbacks in this class today, actually. So they're both dual-threat quarterbacks, as you can tell. Uh, Franklin likes those kinds of guys. McSorley was a guy who was mobile and can get out of the pocket. And you see Tommy Stevens just like that, the kind of guys that can move. So one of them is Michael Johnson Jr., and the other is Taquan Roberson. So Michael Johnson Jr., he's ranked the number six dual-threat QB in the country. He's going to be an early enrollee. He'll be on campus in January um, when school starts back up. So he's more of a mobile runner. He makes a lot of plays with his legs. He doesn't have the the passing skills that Roberson does, but he's one of the top guys in terms of speed and in terms of uh, mobility out of the pocket. As I said, Roberson, um, he's he's more of a he's still a dual threat, but he has more of an arm for as a pocket passer. He is very decisive. He he is smart. I, football IQ. He knows where to throw it. He's very composed in the pocket and. He still has the ability to extend plays with his speed and, and get out of the pocket when needed. Yeah, as you said, they're both dual threat guys, but you know, there's there forty times at the events they've attended. You know, uh, Michael Johnson Jr. ran a four five eight forty at the Elite Eleven. Taquan Robertson ran a four six. Both very impressive forty times. Shows the the speed and athleticism both these quarterbacks possess. Uh, moving on to the running backs, two four star guys. One committed today. One has been committed for a while now. Um, running back Devin Ford, he's from Stafford, Virginia, 5'11", 195 pounds, four-star prospect. He's the number two ranked recruit in Virginia to another Penn State prospect. He's a shifty guy, slippery running back, to make the ability to make some quick cuts, has some pretty good speed. You would like to see him get a little faster so that when he gets in the secondary, he's, he's not caught by anybody. But overall, very good prospect. Definitely, you know, another signee that is going to, impact that running back room. You know, you already have Miles Sanders. You know, we'll see what his future is in the coming weeks. But Ricky Slade's a young running back. Journey Brown's a young running back. So there's going to be a lot of talent in the running back room. And also adding to that is the most recent commit, Noah Kane. He committed today on uh, the first day of the early signing period. And he verbally committed and signed. He's a 5'10", 208-pound uh, running back from Bradenton, Florida, IMG Academy. And you know, the 5'10", 208 sounds, doesn't sound all that big, but he definitely has a size to carry the ball often. You know, if he's a starting running back, he definitely has the ability to carry the ball 20, 25 times, and that's something that could wear down defenses late into the fourth quarter. We'll see that how valuable that skill is as Noah Kane steps on campus in the coming months. Shifting over to the wide receiver, um, we lost one wide receiver commit. Emery Simmons was committed to the Lions. However, he decommitted 
to attend North Carolina as Mac Brown just took over, so he's energizing that program a little bit. But another Florida prospect, John Dunmore. Brandon, how do you like him? Uh, well, he's the lone wide receiver in this class. He's out of Hollywood, Florida. Um, 6'2", 172 pounds, four-star guy. So this was in question, whether he was going to come to the Nittany Lions. Miami made a strong run for him in the previous couple days before the, uh, leading up to National Signing Day here. He's a big, he's a big receiver, but he has some, some shiftiness. He can, he can break some tackles. Very strong after the catch. He could, he could really blow some guys over if he needs to. But basically just that, the big, that, that big receiver that, that Penn State really needs. I would think that Coach Franklin would like to sign one more wide receiver just because you know, as you see in this offense, you can't have enough wide receiver depth where, you know, you could try it out three or four guys per play. But overall, I think he would like to get one more, but John Dunmore so far the only guy. Moving on to the tight end position, Brenton Strange, definitely more of a receiving tight end, four-star prospect out of West Virginia. 6'5", 210 pounds. You like the height, you would like to see him get some more size. He'll be an early enrollee, which will definitely help him gaining weight and helping him with his pass and run blocking. One thing that convinced Strange to commit to Penn State over programs like Ohio State is that he saw how Pat Fryermuth developed this year as a true freshman. You know, Fryermuth didn't see the field early, but then, you know, as time went on, especially starting with the Ohio State game this year, he started to emerge. So Brent Strange was really impressed with that. Obviously, Mike Jacecki, second-round tight end last year in the NFL draft. However, I would see Strange redshirting because of the depth that Penn State has at tight end and need to gain weight. Moving over to the offensive line, Brandon has a big time prospect that he really likes. What do you think about uh Caden Wallace? Yeah, big big fan of Caden Wallace. Guy out of Princeton, New Jersey. He's six five, two hundred and ninety five pounds, four star guy. Basically the offensive line has been very questionable the past couple of years. They they really needed some a big guy to come in like him. Um he's the number two ranked recruit in New Jersey, number two ranked offensive guard in the country. So that's that's a big get for them. He's almost 300 pounds, but he has some incredible athleticism despite how big he is. He also was teammates with current Nittany Lion Fred Hansard, who also went to Hunt High School. Caden Wallace definitely has the ability to be a big-time prospect. Obviously, it's tough to judge offensive linemen at the high school level because a lot of them are very big in size. Another guy that's very big in size, Salim Warmly. 6'3", 318 pounds, four-star prospect. Top prospect in the state of Delaware. However, I think he's a guy that needs to really work on his athleticism. As I said, he's a big guy, but he runs a 6-2-5-40, which isn't the biggest trait that Lyman need to need need to have is running a fast 40. But it would help if you know when he's pulling as a guard that he is able to get to the point of attack where he needs to make his block. I would think he's a redshirt candidate as well. However, another four-star prospect from the junior college ranks, uh, Lackawanna College in Scranton, Pennsylvania, Anthony Wigan, 6'5", 290 pounds. He could play either tackle position. Watching his game film, he loves to finish his blocks. He'll get downfield, and he'll destroy anybody he sees in his path. Another thing is he's an early enrollee. He'll be the only early enrollee on the offensive line. He's coming as a junior college prospect. He's looking to play right away. I think that level of nastiness he has and his ability to finish blocks, I think he'll really bring a presence to this Penn State Nitty Lion team. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, we have a very recent commit as well, Adisa Isaac, 6'5", 220-pound prospect from Brooklyn, New York. He's a four-star prospect, top player in New York. He's also enrolling early. This year as a high school senior, he had 25 sacks. 
I mean, I know it's high school level, but 25 sacks is a <laughs> Pretty lot impressive. of sacks. Very impressive. You know, you think it's close to two a game. Yep. Um, 24-7 sports, Brian Don, uh, he's a recruiting expert. His player comparison is Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones has been a highly successful NFL player. Led the league in sacks, I believe, as well. Isaac's a very promising prospect, especially, you know, you see the way Coach Sean Spencer has developed a defensive lineman. You know, you toured Gross Matos, was a guy that developed throughout the season, became a stud. Really came on strong this year. Absolutely. And then Sharif Miller's been very good. Kevin Givens came on strong. I think that's one of the staples of great Penn State teams is having a quality defensive line. Isaac definitely is a guy that Coach Franklin and Coach uh, Pry are looking to contribute pretty soon. Also, another defensive lineman that committed, four-star out of Virginia, Hakeem Beeman. He's a 6'3", 254-pound prospect. He was a former North Carolina commit, and then he decommitted a while ago to become a Nittany Lion. Scouts say that his, his move will probably be to defensive tackle. Right now he's at 255 pounds, but he might redshirt as well so he can add some weight on become a bigger guy on the interior line moving into the linebacking core top prospect brandon smith let's see what brandon has to say about him yeah so uh brandon smith uh this is a cornerstone of the class here five-star recruit out of virginia he's the top recruit in virginia and the number two linebacker in the country just just what the penn state needs man they haven't had like the big linebacker that they are known to have linebacker you know as we all know they just haven't had that guy that that's been serious playmaker on the defense um i really am excited to see him especially if he he can jump alongside micah parsons and they can make a a formidable linebacker crew. Smith's going to be an early enrollee, so he has time to acclimate to Penn State. He'll be at the blue-white games. He'll get to learn um, the campus. He'll get to know his teammates. It's just a really big advantage to be able to be there early. Also gives him time to work on in the weight room to bulk up a little bit. That's one of the things that the scouts say. He has a lot of room to bulk up, although he's still pretty big, but some serious muscle would really help at the college level. His frame alone, you know, 6'4 already, close to 230 pounds as a high school kid. You know, if he gets up to 240, maintains his quickness and athleticism, you're looking at a special prospect, somebody that, you know, will be a staple in the Penn State defense, kind of like Jason Gravinda was the last few years before he went to the NFL. Yeah, you could really look at a guy like that to, to kind of step up as a leader down the road, that is. Um, right now, he's just got to sit back and kind of learn, but definitely someone who, who can come up big in the future, has a bright, bright future ahead of him. Get into Lance Dixon. Lance Dixon is no slouch either, and he's going to be on campus at the same time as Brandon Smith. I really like Lance Dixon. I think that he's kind of overshadowed in this class just because he's the linebacker as well behind someone like Brandon Smith, who who is the big the big ticket item for Penn State. But this guy is a pretty special player as well. He's a pretty fast guy. He started as a safety. Uh, he runs a four five five forty. So someone that could really cover the speed aspect of the defense so now just moving into the secondary uh you have tyler rudolph uh, another four-star guy most of the guys in this class are four stars actually so this guy's out of uh, connecticut he's the third ranked recruit from the state of connecticut um, he's a very very physical guy he makes sound tackles which is the thing the penn state really needs we saw a lot of missed tackles this guy has the speed to cover a lot of ground overall the secondary has five prospects committed a ton of commits for one position group right and it's something that has been pretty good the last couple of years, but losing safeties like Marcus Allen, Troy Apke, um, this year will be Amani Ariwarie and Nick Scott. You know, there's going to be some newcomers in the secondary, and these freshmen that are coming are going to have a chance to step in and play. One other guy that Coach Franklin brought in was Keaton Ellis. He's right out of uh, Penn State's backyard in State College. 
He was the first 2019 commit. He was the first guy to sign today. He's the son of a former Penn State wide receiver, Bruce Ellis. Uh, he runs a 4-3-9-40, and overall he's a very impressive prospect. Over 6 feet, 180 pounds. Uh, Brian Don of 24-7 Sports compares him to Sidney Jones of the Eagles, uh, former Washington cornerback. So just that length and athleticism is something that Keaton Ellis brings to the table when he steps on campus in January. Uh, another name that might be very familiar to Pennsylvania sports fans is Joey Porter Jr. Brandon, what do you have on him? Uh, yeah, he's a four-star um, out of Wexford, PA. He's the son of Steelers' great Joey Porter. As Craig had mentioned, he's probably someone that you have heard of before. This guy himself has a big frame. Um, he's going to start as a corner as he comes into Penn State, but his big frame is probably going to lead to him transitioning into being a linebacker, someone who has some a pretty good frame, who could, but it could also put some uh, speed into that position. So then another guy in the secondary is Marquise Wilson. Um, he's another guy who's around six foot, 175 pounds, another recruit out of Connecticut. He's a four-star guy, early enrollee. Like I said, a lot of time to acclimate yourself to the, the school, the team, everything. That's just very beneficial for these kinds of guys coming out of high school. This guy is fast, uh, possesses a lot of speed. He played both sides of the ball in high school. Interesting little tidbit about Marquise Wilson and Tyler Rudolph. Obviously both are from the state of Connecticut. But I was reading an article somewhere, I forget the name of the author, but you know they kind of said early on in their recruiting process that they would both be package deals if they were to go somewhere to school. And Coach Franklin, Coach Pry hopped right on that, signed both Rudolph and Wilson, and uh, they're both going to be on campus in January as early enrollees. The last guy of this current stage of re the recruiting process is another junior college prospect from Lackawanna College, Jaquan Brisker. Brisker is the lowest rated prospect in this recruiting class. However, I don't think that means a single thing because I think he's a guy that will have the opportunity to play right away. As with Anthony Wigan, you know, these guys are coming in as juniors. They're not coming in as freshmen, so they're going to have the ability to play right away using their experience. They have bigger bodies, faster as they come into um, Happy Valley. Brisker was a, a junior college All-American this year at Lackawanna as the Falcons went 11-0 and won their bowl game. Overall, he just looks like a playmaking safety that has a ton of range, forces fumbles, always around the ball. So I, I really like Jaquan Brisker as a prospect. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about some some categories here, some you know guys that we think will be breakout guys, some guys we're really excited about. So first one here, Prospect you were most excited about. Brandon, you could start and uh, give us a rundown on your favorite guy. Uh, this was easy for me. Uh, Brandon Smith, like I said, linebacker U, that's the that's the staple of Penn State football that, that a lot of people have grown up watching. Um, they really just needed a guy like this. I'm really, really excited to see someone like this, and I really hope that he can blossom into somebody that really shows what linebacker U, linebacker U is all about. The guy I'm really excited about is Adisa Isaac. Um, I think Brandon Smith is a great prospect. I think he's going to be a very early contributor to this E-line defense. But Isaac, you know, he's going to be on the team in January. He's going to be in the weight room. He's going to gain some weight. He's already very quick off the edge. And, you know, I think Adisa Isaac, with the way the defensive linemen have developed at Penn State over the years, I think Isaac has an opportunity to be one of the next great defensive ends that comes out of Penn State. Moving on to another topic, most underrated prospect. For me, I have Anthony Wigan on the offensive line. As I said with the junior college guys, they're going to have the opportunity to play right away. Since Wigan is a part of the junior college ranks, 
he kind of gets lost in the shuffle with the national recruiting. But Anthony Wiggins is a guy that's nasty on the uh, either left tackle or uh, the right side. So I think Wiggins is a guy that is very impressive. He's gonna, I think he's going to bring an attitude and a nastiness to the line. I think that is much needed. Who do you have as your most underrated prospect, Brandon? I went with Lance Dixon on this one. I think that, you know, rightly so, Brandon Smith's getting a lot of attention as the as the cornerstone linebacker or even just the recruit overall of this class. But I think Lance Dixon is, is, is really overlooked. He's, he's a great, great talent in his own right, and I think that he'll definitely, definitely contribute to the linebacker position. Me and Brandon both agree on this one. Earliest performer, who's your guy? <laughs> it's Brandon Smith again. It's Brandon easy. Smith. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Smith, he, you know, I think being an early enrollee and having that linebacker position be a position of need um, as we saw last year, Micah Parsons led the team in tackles last year, and Jan Johnson was second, and he was a walk-on until he earned a scholarship this year. So it's definitely a position of need, and I think he has the ability to step right in and play right away. Yeah, definitely Like going through spring ball and then going through summer ball, he'll have a chance to really kind of uh, get used to what he's going to be dealing with, and I think that that's going to really be beneficial for him um, in terms of playing immediately. Um, like I said, really, it would be great to see him um, be like a large contributor uh, alongside Micah Parsons. Moving on to our last category, we forget it into a fan email. Who do you think is the most have the most successful career? I went with Caden uh, Wallace on this one. Offensive line has been very thin for years now. You know, we've seen we definitely see some steps forward in the last few years, but they really needed to bring in a big name, a big uh, big recruit that could really that could really help them out. And I think that this guy is going to be that guy. They've they've missed on a lot of offensive line recruits, but I'm really taking a chance here, and I'm just I'm going to hope that he really contributes to the offensive line. His size alone is, makes him a very intriguing prospect for this category, but a guy that I'm going to take is more so based on the history of Penn State. There's always at least one great running back on the team. You look in the recent years in the Franklin area, you have Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders had a great year. I'm going to go with Devin Ford. Devin Ford is a highly rated running back prospect out of Virginia. I think he's just going to follow the footsteps of the great Nittany line running backs of the past. He might not play right away, but I think overall he's going to be able to have that one one or two big seasons that make him you know, a legend in Penn State history. So you know, I think Devin Ford is a really exciting prospect that could have a great career as a Nittany line. Yeah, a lot of a lot of depth at that position. There's there's a lot of guys that are going to be competing for that position. It's definitely going to be interesting. Um, definitely not a a bad thing to have a lot of guys competing for the job, um, especially uh, with the talent level that these guys have. I think you know, as a lot of coaches say, especially in the NFL, the more depth, the more talent you have, the more competition, the better for yeah. your team. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really good thing for that running back room. And we're going to move into a fan question that we received. This comes from. Aaron Pregman. He says, hey guys, big fan over here. My question is, what impact do you think this early signing period will have on this Penn State 2019 recruiting class? Also, in the long run, does it help or hurt the chances to compete with recruiting juggernauts like Alabama and Clemson? Would also say Ohio State, but who knows what's going to happen with their future without Urban. I'd say we'll tackle the first part of this question, then we'll move on. The impact that this early signing period will have on the Penn State recruiting class. You know, Overall, we saw all the verbal commits they signed today. So I think that, you know, shows how secure and how good of a job James Franklin has done with recruiting this class. Anything you want to add on that, Brandon? Yeah, I definitely think like these guys are are, are young guys. They're they're making this decision right out of high school. 
Um, I think the biggest thing is that a lot of these guys flip-flop a lot. You see decommits, commit, recommitting, decommitting a lot. Uh, I think this early signing period really kind of locks these guys in. Um, so I could see it as kind of a, a benefit for Penn State because you don't have these guys jumping around. You, you know that they're signed. You know that they're, they're the prospect that you want, and especially the guys that are going to enroll early. Yeah, there's a lot of early enrollee guys, close to 10 early enrollees. Also, I think bringing it into the next question, how this uh, helps or hurts Penn State's chances of competing on the recruiting trail with Alabama and Clemson. You know, I think locking these guys in, having them sign early, it helps them compete against Alabama and Clemson where, you know, maybe in February, you know, the more time Bama and Clemson, especially if, you know, they they have uh, great success in the college football playoff, the more time they have to talk to these prospects, the more of a chance there is to take one of these prospects away. So I think with the early signing period, it allows, you know, the Penn State recruits to not make a rash decision. You know, they've been on Penn State's radar for months now, and, you know, they signed, made it a stable class, and uh, I think that helps with uh, competing against Bama and Clemson where, you know, it might, they might not get the five-star guys all the time like Bama and Clemson, but they're able to keep the guys that are theirs. And it still ends up being second in the conference as of right now and 10th nationally, which Three top fifteen classes in a row isn't too bad. Yeah, I think that you definitely you definitely put it in perspective there. I think that there is a lot of more time that these guys are getting to these coaches are getting to to look at these recruits and try to get them to flip. But I think it also like plays into the fact that these successful programs that are playing in the playoffs, like these guys are watching those games late in the year and then in January when the national championship comes on, you might they might say, Oh wow, well, I want to be a part of that, like let me let me go there. Like these guys are now locked in. Not that like not that the Penn State is like a bad decision for them, but it just there's no more time for them to kind of flip. Um, and they Penn State needs this kind of talent. Also from the perspective of Alabama and Clemson, you know, they're playing in this playoff game. They don't have to worry about the recruiting trail as much going into their bowl game. Neither does Coach Franklin as we head into the Citrus Bowl. So it, it makes it a lot easier on the coaches. gives them more opportunity to be with the current team they have as opposed to worrying about whether Johnny's going to decommit in right. the next couple weeks because, you know, we have to wait until February to do the signing day. Also, you know, um, Aaron added in with this question about Urban Meyer and Ohio State. We saw a couple prospects decommit in the last couple days from Ohio State to go to other programs. And, you know, I don't think that's going to be a thing that lasts forever with uh, new coach Ryan Day there, but I think just the immediate impact of Urban Meyer was felt on signing day, although they did sign a big-time uh, five-star defensive line prospect that uh, committed to Ohio State over Penn State and Michigan. I mean, Urban Meyer definitely like carries that. He's a big name. I mean, that's that the, the people commit to coaches. You hear that all the time. But Ohio State still brings that that big school. Like they're they're really really known across the country. They're always top 10 they're just a big school that a lot of guys um will give a lot of attention to even though this new coach that nobody really knows much about is there right now um i I definitely think as you said eventually they're gonna they're gonna know and they're gonna want to go there so that basically concludes things for this week's podcast we'll be looking to bring you more podcasts the next couple weeks we'll be covering the pet state uh bowl game against kentucky in the citrus bowl on new year's day we'll probably do a recap of that game as well We'll also do a season review, um, and we'll do a podcast for the last National Signing Day in February. If you guys ever have any questions or if you have a topic that you would like us to talk about, send it to us 
via email at fortheglorioftheoldstate1 at gmail.com or you can just type it in the comment section on our Facebook page. Um, I know a lot of you guys are very active on our Facebook page and we thank you for that. Uh, we also thank you for listening today. We hope you have a good one. See you.